When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Your hockey team of choice opened the month of November with five straight wins. Your hockey team of choice opened December this month with four straight losses. Since then, they've won three out of four. And the one that they lost, they lost by a touchdown. I have no idea what we're watching here anymore. Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning, I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or baseball. I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Pirates in the same place that you found this. Penguins 4, Wild 3. Last night at PPG Paints Arena, I was there covering it for DK Pittsburgh Sports. I saw them storm out to a 3-0 lead. I saw no one out of the 18,000-plus on hand look even remotely surprised when it was soon thereafter 3-3. And then the captain finished it off with a big winner in the third period on the power play. No idea. Just none. The power play was the worst thing we've ever seen for two months. The power play now has lit the universe on fire. Even when they don't score, they look awesome. That's how it was last night. They went two for four, and I thought they looked just as good on the two that they didn't score. Valtteri Pustinen looks like a godsend, that rarest of rare breeds, a player who comes up from Wilkes-Barre Scranton and actually contributes. If Genny Malkin had his moments last night, and I don't say that in a positive way, he also scored a big goal, thanks to a great pass from Pustinen. If the Wild had more than one odd man break, I can't recall it, and I didn't track it. That's quite the improvement over, you know, 13 odd man breaks conceded in Toronto the other night. The penalty kill, thanks in large part to the return of Nola Chari, who was outstanding up front, and Chris Letang, who was beyond belief on the back end. 
had a wonderful night as well, a perfect night against Minnesota. It was nice to see Ricard Raquel back out there, even if he wasn't anywhere close to 100%. Meaning in terms of performance, I'm not making any kind of medical judgment here. He just he just wasn't good. But it was his first game in more than a month, so kind of want to give him a break. Alex Nadelkovic was more than good enough. And you know what? Even these somewhat sketchy new defense pairings that Mike Sullivan and Todd Reardon came up with, even those worked out. I thought, I, I really thought that the Ryan Graves and Eric Carlson thing was going to be just a disaster. And maybe it will be. Maybe it will be. But it, it wasn't this night. I thought Graves did some good things. And haven't been able to say that in a while. And now, having said all that, on Thursday night, the Hurricanes are coming here. The Hurricanes who own this team. They own this. They've owned this team for, it feels like, years now. Similar to the Devils. And, of course, these are similar teams in a way. And everything that was achieved last night, other than the two points that were accrued, could go right out the window. And you wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised. Heck, they might not be surprised. But here's where I'll give credit. Every once in a while, when the Penguins have... A real stinker. Not even the size of the one in Toronto, but just a normal old, you know, four to one loss or a, a night where you could just tell they weren't competitive at all. There can be a tendency to suggest or, or even just to think that the Sullivan message is getting stale or they don't want to play for Sullivan uh, as hard as they used to or they don't want to play hard at all for Sullivan and that it somehow becomes a, a classic case of the hockey team silently trying to get their coach fired, which only happens in this league all the time. Go ask Craig Berube, author of the only Stanley Cup in St. Louis's history. Well, that's not this, because so far... If there's anything that's been consistent about this entire operation, it's that when the Penguins get their backs to the wall, they'll do a couple of things. One is they'll defend a lot harder. And two, maybe within that, maybe not coincidentally, they'll play a lot harder. They'll embrace the common goal and they'll fight for it, which is not what you would do on either front if you've had it with your coach. So for anyone who wonders why Sullivan doesn't seem to be in trouble, it's because he's not in trouble. It's because Kyle Dubas and the others overseeing and running this franchise are there. They're in there. They see, hear, and feel this. They know if the players have checked out or if the players would prefer for the coach to check out. Now, do I wonder on occasion if that storyline could change? Yeah, absolutely. And I wonder if Sullivan wonders it. This was what he had to say last night when asked, you know, what all kind of communication occurred between the coaching staff and the players from leaving Toronto 
to getting ready for this game last night? Um, I, I wouldn't say there were a lot of conversations. Uh, there were a couple of, of candid ones. Um, and as I said to you guys uh, after the game, you know, we're, we're in this thing together, the coaches and the players, and, and there's a partnership there, and we've got to figure it out. we got to do our part as a coaching staff to bring some solutions to the table, and we're working extremely hard to do that. We're trying to put the players in positions to be successful. We're trying to give them a real good understanding of what Penguins hockey looks like, and uh, when we play it, we can be a real competitive team. We just got to play it more consistently, and then we've got to hold one another accountable to it. So... Um, you know, there were there were a couple of conversations um, with the group, but what I'll tell you is, I think we have terrific leadership. I think we have a veteran team. No one likes to go through that experience we went through in Toronto. That's a humbling experience for all of us. Um, and and I I was pleased that that we responded the right way. Good for him, man. I, I appreciate the candor. I appreciate that with him all the time. One thing you don't get from him. Is, is a lot of BS. Actually, I don't think you really get much of any BS. There's certain answers that he's required to give in a certain way, whether that's because he's a team employee or whether it's just coaching protocol. But you're not going to get just out-and-out eye-rolling crap. For him to say that that game against the Maple Leafs, that 7 to nothing loss was a humbling experience for him to use that phrase again here in Pittsburgh after he used it there in Toronto really resonated with me last night. I feel like he really got stung by that. Like he really believed that the team had turned some kind of corner and were ready to commit and Instead, they go out there and they look at the Maple Leafs kitty core flying around and think, woohoo, we can do this too. This is awesome. And then, you know, they don't. But after all that, after all that, what happened last night was a very nice, healthy rebound. When we come back, J1Q. Quoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Today's J1Q comes from Megan, who says, DK, could you imagine if Alex Adelkovic had scored that empty netter with Marc-Andre Fleury in the building? Fleury has tried so many times. Megan, I just, I'm moved every single time he comes back to Pittsburgh, whether he starts or not. And I know there were a lot of people in that building who were legitimately disappointed that the Wild would choose to start Philip Gustafson in this game and then save Flurry for their game tonight in Boston. I swear there's a part of me that thought in walking to this game that maybe it would die down 
to some extent. It's been a few years now since the Las Vegas expansion draft and Flurry was traded and everything else. And it's been a few years since Flurry had maybe the most dramatic homecoming of any athlete in Pittsburgh sports history. And if you were there, or even if you're just vaguely familiar with it, you know what I'm talking about. That scene was, it was different. It it was almost uncomfortable in a way. People smashing themselves against the glass, 10, 12, 15 rows deep, whatever it was. Everyone had signs, they're chanting for him, and they're so sad. More than anything, they were just so profoundly sad. And the only reason I describe it as uncomfortable, because I understand that part, was, you know, the Penguins had a current active roster at the time, and it really felt as if the crowd was going to just stay on Flower's side. Uh, Strange, strange night. I'll never forget it. But this one, this had a lot of that, and I don't know where it would have gone had Flower started and played well. You know, I'm not suggesting that people would have turned on the Penguins, that the Penguins kind of need these wins. And that's superseding everything on this scene. But they found a way, in a fun way, funny way, actually, I should say, to make their voices heard by chanting, we want flurry, we want flurry. Every time Gustafson would give a goal up, a thing that Gustafson himself after the game, would call, and I quote directly, awkward. And Flurry actually found it somewhat moving. It's just neat. He, he has a relationship with this area that's going to withstand any number of other teams that employ him uh, between now and when he retires, whether that's after this season or after another season. And he has not, by the way, committed to being done after this season. But before we go for the day, allow me to uh, share with you one observation that was making its rounds through the building, uh, both at around the time of the morning skate and the game itself. No head coach would sit a player of Flurry's pedigree if he wanted to play in that building and if it was that important to him he would risk not only losing that player, but also losing his entire locker room. So I'm not in a position to say this was 100% Flowers doing, but I'd put a very, very, very big percentage on it before anybody goes hanging John Hines in effigy. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Penguins. The team is off today, completely off. No practice, no nothing. We'll still have another one of these tomorrow.